Talk radio show brought to you by People G2, a company dedicated to helping all businesses with their people-related decisions. They do that by giving clients access to the best human capital, due diligence, and background checks available on prospective candidates, business partners, tenants, and more. To learn more, simply visit www.peopleg2.com. Today, we're privileged to have with us the founder and president of People G2, Chris Dyer. Hey, Chris. All right. So good afternoon, and thank you for joining me. My name is Chris Dyer, and I'll be your host here for the next hour of the Talent Talk radio show. Uh, good thing is we uh, edit all of these shows. So for the podcast, it'll sound like nothing happened. But just for our live audience, they'll know, they'll know the truth. Anyways, uh, we have a great lineup of guests today and also... Um, a great lineup all throughout the year and really hope that you'll come back and uh, tune into all the different shows with uh, the guests that we have. So the Talent Talk radio show basically features a wide range of guests who care about talent management, uh, leadership development, uh, company culture. And in the business world, talent really has a couple different meetings. And this show looks to explore those different meetings. So wh- what do I mean by that? Well, the first is how it relates to success and how really talented people uh, achieve success, you know, kind of learning those great secrets of talented people. And the second is how talent relates to human resources and how HR leaders find the best candidates for their companies. And ultimately, we find that some of the, the best HR leaders have the best of, of both worlds. They're, they're both really talented people who have great secrets we want to learn, and they can tell us how, how to help manage our people in a better way. So, our guests uh, typically uh, include CEOs, HR executives, entrepreneurs, coaches, authors, uh, but you know business leaders from all different types of industries. And typically what happens is I'm at a networking event or a conference, and I have the privilege of meeting one of these leaders. And I created this forum to allow you to listen on our dialogue and hopefully get some practical advice on how you can cultivate talent, develop leaders, manage culture, uh, which is sort of my favorite thing to talk about but hopefully uh, impact your own career in a positive way. I want to thank those of you tuning in live here every Tuesday. If you have a question today, just send it to at PeopleG2 on Twitter. Use that hashtag Talent Talk, and my producer, Mike, will feed me uh, the best questions, and we'll try to work them into the show. Sometimes we get some great little suggestions there. Also love getting your feedback on uh, what you liked about the show, guests we should have, anything you want to throw at us, uh, send it to at PeopleG2. Also, don't forget uh, you can listen to this show on iTunes. That's how most people actually uh, listen to us. And they go on their uh, podcast feed on iTunes or Android or whatever it may be, or even on our website, talenttalkradio.com. And you can join the other 170,000 people who tuned in last week uh, to listen to our show. So we thank all of you who have taken that time to listen. Uh, I know many of you have said you listen on the treadmill or at soccer practice for your kids or maybe while you're on the road or on the train. Whatever it may be, we appreciate you taking that time to listen to us. So let's get today's show started. Uh, my guests today are Marianne uh, Masaryk, uh, lead con- uh, consultant of employee engagement practices at Blessing White. And also, uh, the second half of the show, we'll have uh, Chris Ollendorf, the chief talent officer and co-founder at Versi. Now we got all the business out of the way. Marianne, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. And I heard that you might be calling in from uh, fairly far away. Is that true? Yes, I'm currently in Dublin, Ireland, although I hail from the Northeast, um, from Connecticut. So I'm on business um, across the pond. Well, I appreciate you uh, finding time to still 
connect with us with all the time differences and the many things that Dublin has to offer that you could be doing instead of talking to us. So we appreciate it. No problem. So tell us, uh, you know, in the audience, a little bit about yourself uh, and, of course, the work that you're doing for Blessing White. Blessing White, first of all, is a consulting and training company with um, sweet spots in employee engagement and leadership development. And we've been around for about 40 years, and we're a division of GP Strategies, which is a global performance improvement company. In this organization, I'm the lead consultant for employee engagement, as you mentioned. And in that capacity, I work with clients to help them create more engaged workforces. I also develop our career and engagement content and tools, and I spearhead the research that we do around engagement and career growth. That sounds like, well, kind of like a dream job. I mean, that's that you get to do all this really fun kind of, you know, touchy-feely stuff in one end, but at the same time, it sounds like it's kind of research-based. You're looking at a lot of patterns and things that people are doing and being able to see results as well from those uh, different things that you're doing. So um, m- maybe not for everybody, but for me, that sounds like a lot of it is. It is. So I know you've had a lot of different roles in the HR industry. What would you say is maybe your favorite at, within that HR space? It's funny you ask that question. It, it, it's um, My answer is similar to what you just, your reaction to um, how I described my role. It, it's actually the one I have now because I get to apply all my skill sets and all the experience that I've built through the years. And the focus of what I do is is great. You know, if you think about it, people easily spend two to three thousand hours at work every year. I don't think anyone should be miserable on the job for all those hours. And so everything that we do in the engagement practice is about achieving work that works for individuals and then also for their employers. So it's it's a really good reason to get up in the morning and uh, come to work. Well, it's you know pretty amazing that most people are not engaged and most people are not enjoying their job. Um, despite the great examples that maybe we hear about in the media, we certainly don't hear, it's not really a, a story that the media covers about how disengaged most workers are and maybe unhappy or at least maybe just maybe they're not unhappy but maybe they're just you know somewhere somewhere in the middle not really happy but Mm -hmm. not really unhappy and so there's so much to do and so many things that 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 can be done it's almost like this kind of untapped in my mind this untapped thing that resource that we have within our country and maybe even worldwide that can do to really make people's lives better because you said so many hours you spend at work and, and by making their lives better, it makes the company better and more profitable and more, you know, uh, competitive in, into what they're doing. So it, it's such a kind of a cool time. I th- but are you seeing that kind of gap between companies actually taking advantage of that and actually making that a real part of their of their process? I think in the last 10 years, more and more organizations have begun to embrace engagement as um, an important strategy for getting the results that they want. So there's, um, I think there's a lot of interest. I think what's challenging is how to actually make it happen. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of confusion about what employee engagement is. 
you know, it's a buzzword. There are a lot of definitions floating around. There's a lot of misperception. And I, I think that it's important to realize that when we talk about engagement and engaged employees, it's not merely happy employees. And it's not merely a great place to work. And it's not employee satisfaction with a new label. When we talk about employee engagement, we talk about this intersection of maximum satisfaction for individuals and maximum contribution for the company. So there has to be, I know it's cliched to say win-win, but when that intersection happens, that's where real engagement is going to be. So what you're saying is that if just giving them more money is not going to engage them, right? Because that, that's pretty much the the baseline engagement strategy that I see from a lot of companies. Well, we'll just, you know, offer them some sort of incentive or a bonus or something, and they'll, they'll work harder. Everything will be better. Well, in fact, what our research has found is um, it's a bit more problematic than mm-hmm. you won't get the results you want. Money is a great retention strategy, and it's also important, especially in some labor markets, you, ne- you need to be able to attract top talent. So, you know, it's not that money's not important, but it it plays a role in attracting talent. It also keeps people at the organization. For the last couple of studies that we've done around employee engagement, when we look at the research, what we've seen is that the people who are disengaged and not delivering what you need them to, and they're not emotionally connected, they're the ones who tend to stay around because they have good pay or they have really good job conditions, they might telecommute, they might um, have flexible work hours, great benefits. So they're staying for the things that they're getting from you and your organization, where when we look at why the engaged employees stay, it's because they like their work, and you're paying them to do their work, right? So you're getting something from them. I like to say the engaged stay because of what they give you, the disengaged stay because of what they get. And that's where money, if you're only using money as your um, you know, tool to keep people happy, it's not going to get you what you need. Well, this might segue well into, I know you, you helped uh, author a book, The Engagement Equation. You know, There's an equation here of, of trying to figure out what's good for the employee, what's good for the company, what's, you know, and making sure you're having the right people there for the right reasons. Is that an accurate uh, assessment of kind of the direction what you're talking about? Or or is there more to it there that around that book and kind of this overall concept? Well, I think what you what you describe is a key part or a key concept of the book, that equation of maximum satisfaction for the individual and maximum contribution for the company. You know, when that happens, that what we refer to as the engagement equation. But, you know, the challenge for companies is the definition of success for your company is something that, you know, the senior leaders may define it. There's a mission. There's a strategy. Everyone, it gets communicated and cascaded down. So there's one strategy for the organization uh, and one path to success. But to achieve success, you rely on every single person in your workforce. Yet when they walk in the door, they all have different values. They all have different interests. They all have different talents. And so to they very personal relationships with work. 
And that's one of the reasons employee engagement is, is hard to achieve, is because you can't just do a broad brush compensation plan and make everybody happy, or you can't just um, roll out um, a particular policy and expect that it's going to pull people into engagement. Every equation is individualized. It's a huge challenge, especially as larger your organization gets with so many people. I think one of the things that maybe I didn't hear you say that I was thinking of too was how does an individual define success? I mean, certainly senior management can decide what they think success is for the company and for divisions or for people, but what does that person walking in the door think success is? They might just want a steady job where they can contribute, or they might want to be in senior management in five years, right? Right. And, well, and and that's the big question, because, because sometimes they actually don't know themselves. And that's mm. one of the things that I spend time writing about and, and working with clients on is... Every individual, if you think about sort of the shared responsibilities of engagement, every individual has to own their own engagement. Because if I walk through the door miserable or I don't know what I'm looking for, my manager is not necessarily going to be able to help me. And if I don't know what success means to me personally, the organization isn't necessarily um, going to be able to help me. So there's the individual piece of understanding what's important to you. And we do know from our research that people are looking for interesting work and meaningful work and work-life balance, you know, having it fit with their larger life. So they want development and growth. They want the chance to use their talents every day. We know from research that people are looking for all these things, yet what's meaningful to me might not be meaningful to you. So that's the individual piece. Then you have the managers, and the managers need to help make that equation happen. It's almost like I know I'm mixing metaphors here. It's the catalyst that that helps the reaction happen, Mm -hmm. where if I'm a manager, I should get to know my team and understand what their drivers are and what their talents are. And then I should know what work needs to be done and what the organization's strategy is and try to help the two come together. And then you also have the executives. And I, I know you mentioned culture. You know, the executives set the tone for the organization. And if they're behaving badly or they're misaligned at the top, that creates an environment where engagement can't, it makes it difficult for engagement to happen. So um, what we do in the book is we, we talk about the three roles and then we also get into specifics for um, what you can do, whether you're a senior leader or you know, HR senior leader, but also what you might do as an individual manager. So who do you think would be kind of your, who's the target audience for this book? I would say senior leaders or um senior HR leaders who are trying to help their organization move from perhaps running an engagement survey every year and not really seeing much change. I also think there are specific parts of the book that are um, much more practical for managers in terms of um, what they need to do to um, work with their teams. So it's a bit of a range. It certainly you know, makes a lot of sense for someone in senior leadership, uh, CR, HR, things like that. 
but feels like there's some real good compatibility here for that a leader kind of at any any level in trying to make sense at least even if uh, in the small ways in which they can make engagement better within their own department or their own division or the few people that they're managing to make sure that they're doing what they can to make sure that that equation is is really working so seems like a great book that uh certainly suggests our audience check out i know i'll be uh suggesting it as a potential read for i do a a book club in uh, Orange County and one in L.A., so we'll see if one of those uh, groups might want to take it on and we can have a discussion about it because it sounds really fascinating. I think that's great. So I know you do have some skills also around this strategic alignment. How important is it for a company to be strategically aligned to really you know, reach that their full potential for success? You don't always think about strategy and engagement in the same way perhaps, but we act, we actually have a whole chapter on it um, in our book because it's so critical. What I find, there, there are two issues that we, we come across. Um, of course, with let me step back. The big picture is people need to know where the company's going. They need to know how they fit in with um, what you need them to do. What happens is we've got this cascading communication from the top in theory. And um, I think of it, sometimes it's like the game of telephone that you might have played when you were a kid. So one person has a message, they whisper it to the person next to them, and it goes around a circle. And then by the time it comes back to the original person, it's garbled, and there are usually a lot of laughs about um, what happened along the way. Well, it's not so funny when you have these top-down communications in a company getting distorted and we see it happening all the time so i think communication of strategy is critical for that alignment process it's not just communication i would call it translating the company strategy into tangible to-dos People actually need to know out of the 20 things that are on my to-do list, you know, what are the three or four that are absolutely important now to drive the strategy forward? And that is something that managers really need to stay um, in touch with and make sure that their team is constantly aligned with the strategy. And a lot of the clients I see um, have strategies that shift really often and there's um, you know they're trying to adapt to their market they're trying to be agile and that means that um, the entire workforce has to shift priorities with them and we see even some of the you know best companies really struggle with this partly like you said because there's constant shifts i i often see it's because they just don't communicate enough times or maybe they only communicate in one particular way um, you know, whether it's some, you know, a memo or it's a, you know, an email out or some sort of, you know, direction instead of having, you know, meetings about it and discussions about it, or you're trying to find different ways to engage people and to make yeah. sure that they've heard this message and they understand the message. Um, as you pointed out, you know, it's one thing to hear it, but another thing, um, as it goes down that chain, does that message stay the same? But we've all seen, you know, really good companies. You walk in the door, and you can you can see on the walls they've got, you know, the, these things up there. They've got their values and their mission statements, their strategic. I mean, you can see companies that live and breathe it, and you can see others that don't. That almost seem to be chasing the, that idea all the time. 
So is there a particular area where you see companies struggle the most in trying to make this really happen? I would build on what you just said that when leaders are thinking about communications, they think about it as one way. And you're right, they limit it so they don't think of all the communication vehicles they have, but they stop short of dialogue. And I think what we've learned is you need to have that dialogue. You need to be able to show the math. I mean, that's another thing I, you know, going back to childhood, it's not enough to have the right answer. You need to be able to show the thinking that went into the decisions that you make as leaders. And that helps people understand where they fit in. It helps them trust you and have confidence in um, where the company's going. So it's that dialogue piece that I think often gets skipped. Well, the, the proof is in the pudding, right? So that they, people need those tangible. Sometimes people need to be inspired, and sometimes they want those tangible proof points, and sometimes they just want to understand the, the direction. But it's that process of making sure you're, I guess, massaging each one of you know, those different pieces that each person needs to really jump on board with, with that movement, right? We actually talk a lot. We work with a lot of leaders and we talk about, you know, it's the heart and the mind. It's you want people to be clear enough so that they know what to do tomorrow. And you want them to care enough so that they put their discretionary effort there. Right. Well, we're almost out of time here. This interview just been flying because it's been really interesting and the things we've been talking about today. Before we go, I want to make sure I ask you some of our uh, favorite questions, and that is, the first one is, is there a book that you're reading right now and that you could tell us about? It's a little bit off the business track. I'm reading a book called Younger Next Year. It's by Chris Crowley, and I'm actually reading it for a second time. And it's all about um, health, staying healthy and vibrant. It's really for the baby boomers out there. And I think it's really important because if you walk through the door and you feel like, crap in the morning when you show up at work you're not going to have great days at work you're not going to be engaged you're not going to perform so i think that as business people we need to be um stepping back occasionally and thinking about what's happening outside of work so it's it's a great book and it's very funny i think you're the second person in the last maybe month or two that has recommended that book so definitely one that sounds like a great uh a great read that would have a lot of important information for anybody, you know, probably work-life balances in there. And there's probably a lot of some good advice on how to, to be your best self in, in many different situations, but mm -hmm. especially work. Well, um, how can people learn more about uh, Blessing White and the work that you do or get a hold of you or whoever is the right contact if they're interested in, in help, getting help with their employee engagement and all the other things that your company does? So our website is blessingwhite.com. Um, I'm on Twitter at mmasarek, and mmasarek at gpstrategies.com is my email, and I would love to hear from folks. Well, fantastic, Marion. You've been a spectacular guest and really enjoyed everything we talked about. We didn't really get enough time to get all our questions in, so hopefully we can have you back at some point. Maybe the next time you're at some other uh, great location, we'll, we'll steal you away and make you sit on the, on the radio for an hour. But anyways, we'd love to have you come back and uh, give, us, give us some more of, your, of, of the great things that your company's doing. And we really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much. All right. So up next is uh, Chris Ohlendorf uh, after this quick commercial break. 
what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. Let's face it, not all company challenges are the same, which is why strategic market intelligence can help identify the actionable information you need to be more competitive. Gain a better understanding of your brand, competition, best prospects, or new product opportunities to generate greater revenues in 2015. Call 949-357-9547 or visit www.strategicmarketintelligence.com. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Welcome back to the Talent Talk radio show. As a reminder, if you have any questions for our guests uh, today, you can send them uh, via Twitter uh, at PeopleG2 and use that hashtag TalentTalk. Apologies for the slight delay there. We have a little bit of a technical issue, and so we wanted to make sure we had everything uh, lined up here so we don't have any more issues as we go forward. So uh, my next guest is uh, Chris uh, Ohlendorf. Uh, he's a chief talent officer and ca- uh, co-founder at uh, Verisix. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you. But tell us a little bit about yourself and, of course, uh, all about your company. Well, I'm based here in Minneapolis. I've been since junior high school, and Spent a lot of time in my early career in the hospitality industry and, and ultimately ended up just shy of 20 years ago um, in executive search. So I've been uh, been doing executive search and consulting for about um, 20 years. I've owned my own business for about 10 of that, and that's uh, Verseek Search and Consulting. Well, and uh, it's, uh, it's a good good market you're in, and it's a good business you're in, This you know, uh, especially right now coming out of the recession. So. I'm sure you're seeing growth and uh, a lot of uh, movement, like a lot of our other uh, our clients in this you know, kind of similar realm. 
But um, I know you recently merged with another company that you co-founded, uh, McKinley Consulting. So well, what, what brought about the merger? Well, Chris, you know, we're, we're a fairly diversified company. We've got um, multiple business units that surround executive search and consulting. And McKinley Consulting was specifically our IT consulting business. And really the, the decision to merge it with Verseek was a branding decision. We, I, I really felt we were confusing the marketplace. You know, we had specific examples with named clients that that we were doing business with both Verseek and McKinley Consulting at the same time, and and they weren't aware of the fact that you know that was really the same grouping of companies. So it caused a lot of confusion. Plus, sure. we we spend a lot of money on branding, and and it's a lot easier to attack one brand than than multiple. Yeah, it's, uh, understood. Sometimes it makes sense to have things separated for a while, and then and there's that moment, and we've seen many. Many companies, many many guests on the show have, have, have kind of said the same thing, that at some point it made more sense to bring everything back together under one roof. So even though these two companies that you had a hand in, in, in uh, founding and obviously had your imprint on them, they're still challenging, you know, different challenges in, you know, kind of merging two organizations together um, despite, you know, y- your kind of uh, overall involvement. So maybe we could talk about what were some of the challenges that you had, uh, you know, initially and then how did you overcome them? You know, I think probably the biggest challenge we had was some of the emotion that goes into the changing of the name. You know, we had actually undergone a rebranding a few years ago when we rebranded with our search business with Verseek. So I'd already been through it, and, and it was a pretty exciting time. I, I know I was kind of emotional going in. You're a little scared that you might lose your, your brand in the shuffle. But, you know, when we'd done it a few years ago, it had gone you know, incredibly well. And so I was excited to do it, but I think... Th- the way we were able to overcome some of the some of the fears of staff and consultants was, you know, we we kind of over communicated. We really put together a punch list of here's what we had to do. You know, that included scripts for employees and and the communication timelines we had with employees and consultants and then clients. So I think what everybody saw, what you know, that we weren't winging it, so to speak. I think everybody was much more comfortable, and it was really a very smooth process. Well, that's great, and. I'm sure that your very diverse background and, and being in lots of different areas and, and roles and uh, industries, you know, plays a part in, in your execution in there. And, you know, it, it seems like we have a common theme with a lot of our guests that they have these kind of really different experiences in different areas that kind of come together later on in their career to help them be really successful in some sort of an entrepreneurial project or company. So. What is it that you kind of find that keeps you engaged and, and successful in your role now? Well, Chris, you know, I, I've, I've always been a business junkie, so to speak. You know, there's I, I like the ins and outs of different kinds of businesses in, in executive search and consulting. You know, you really get to get your nose into a lot of different types of companies. So for me, you know, every day has been different. You know, I come to work and I get to, I get to understand about a software company one day and a manufacturing company the next. You know, I, I think that you know that piece of it for me keeps it exciting. But just over the last few years, as we've really begun to focus um, what we're doing and really trying to build something great, um, that's exciting for me. And I, I really appreciate that. I mean, that that kind of like the thought process of that and having that diversity is, for some people, you know, key to keeping the fire going, to keep that you know the passion going with with what you're doing. I know for me, I like to have different things and different challenges. Whereas other people, they like to have consistency. I, I don't understand those people, 
Um, but you know, there are some people like that. So, uh, you know, and one, you know, looking at your, your company, um, and kind of researching some of the, you know, the beginnings of it, I think I read something or, or someone told me that the name, which is kind of unique in the way it's spelled, it's V-E-R-S-I-Q-U-E for anyone who's listening, but it's a combination of the word versatile and the word unique. Is that right? Correct. Okay. So you have kind of a wide, you know, breadth of of industries that, you know, you guys really identify talent for. Do you find that the, you know, the versatility makes your company more marketable or, or, you know, was there some other value in focusing there in a particular area? Well, I think, I I feel like we kind of have the best of both worlds. I've been in this business for, for a long time and I've seen the the success people have had as, as they have been very, very focused in one particular area. I've seen some of the benefits of a larger organization that can provide more services. The way we're set up, you can kind of picture us as, as smaller business units that focus on specific things within one larger organization. So, you know, in our manufacturing group, we have degreed engineers, so we have subject matter experts, and the person who runs our accounting and finance business used to be a CFO. So so we, we do have very specific areas of focus, but we all collaborate together to really allow us to go in and sell to an organization and help them in more ways than just one. You guys have that part of, of your business, and then you also have a, a digital marketing component as well, right? Correct. So you're kind of specializing in SEO and inbound marketing and other types of strategies. And, and then, so how do you leverage that with, you know, this kind of talent acquisition side, or are these kind of divisions kind of strictly separate from from that part of it well you know it's 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 interesting i get asked the question about how our digital agency intertwines with our other businesses and it, it it's really evolved over the last few years we we originally brought that business in-house to help us with a with our original versic rebranding and it was very quick for us to see that it that it did work well with our other businesses and maybe a best example i could give you is is we do we do sales recruiting, Chris? And if somebody comes to us and says, "Hey, I uh, I need a director of sales," and you know our fee is going to be thirty percent, and it's going to cost that person I don't know what's it cost for director of sales. I don't know where you're located, but around here it's probably going to cost you one hundred twenty, one hundred fifty thousand dollars plus our fee. You know, you throw in taxes and everything else, and you know you're one hundred and fifty plus on that, and. What, do you, what are you necessarily going to get from an ROI in the first year? What we will tell people is we'll also help you with our digital agency, and if you want your brand to be you know, the top one on Google on however you want to search for it, we can get you an ROI and we can get people looking at your website. And if it was sales you were looking for, we can attack it from that way and help you find your sales leader and really do a two-pronged approach. Plus, in the talent acquisition market, we specialize in that area in helping other search firms in different locations do what we did with our digital marketing agency. So we help them figure out how to drive clients to their websites and how to drive candidates to the searches they post online. It used to be complimentary. Now it's very interwoven in what we do. Yeah, I think it's a great way that you, you really framed it there for us because ultimately what you're doing is helping organizations with their overall you know, needs and sales, whether it's talent or it's marketing or it's SEO, you're really providing them with talent in different ways there to achieve those goals. And that's a really kind of a fresh way. I've never heard of anybody else doing it that way. So it's a great approach. And it sounds like, you know, you guys are having some real good success with that. 
um, and, and really a kind of a very in a very diversified way. So, in, in looking at that, because you're kind of have this unique focus and the way a unique way that you're driving it, how does that really impact you know your overall culture for the company? Being that you're kind of you know doing these things in maybe a slightly different way than than people you might you know categorize as typical competitors. Well, you know, Chris, we're we're certainly a melting pot of of personalities here. I, you know, people ask me when when we're hiring, is there any particular, you know, type of person that we hire here? And and the answer is the answer is no. From a you know generality perspective, I think what the commonality here is we we really run our business based upon a set of core values and the congruency you'll see within our organization is the adherence to those core values. You know, we've, we had to make some tough decisions a few years ago surrounding people that maybe they were top performers, but they weren't really aligned. And, and you know, you make some hard decisions and it kind of comes back to you saying it makes decisions easier if, you're, if your core values are at the root of what the decision is. So, you know, we've really got a group that's, that's very much aligned. I think the core of it, I mentioned earlier, the collaboration. You know, we have we have something special here, Chris. I think people really work together well. And if I look back on our business five years ago, it seemed like a bunch of just separate business units and everybody kind of did their own thing. And now we do more team selling than I've ever seen. And people really trust that if they take somebody from a different business unit out, that they're going to make them look good rather than worry about, um, hey, I don't want them messing up something I've worked really hard to get to. So it's, it's, it's really worked well for us. Do you maybe label your culture as one of is collaboration? Would that be the word you might use to, to, if you had to label your overall company culture? You know, if I, if I had to put a label on it, you know, collaboration is one of our core values, and it's probably the one that sticks out the most to me. You know, if I had to take it to a, you know, a less business level, one of our core values is, is community involvement. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's really, you know, we got people with a lot of good hearts here. We have a, you know, we have a group that gets together once a month and figures out different community involvement things that we can do. And it, it's, it's really brought a different level of commitment to the team. So, you know, I'd start with collaboration. Another one of our core values is continuous improvement. So it's kind of neat being around a group that doesn't just want to keep doing the same thing over. They want to get better at what they do. And mm-hmm. so... That's exciting too. And is that kind of a you know, go into your overall employee engagement strategy, or are there other things that you guys do on a regular basis to really make sure that you know, your staff is is engaged and really providing you know the company you know everything everything that they can. You know we have a we have a fun committee which uh, they don't allow me to be on because I guess I'm not that fun, but uh, <laughs> they come up with a you know different thing, and usually it's once a month, and we have a few bigger events. We have a volunteer committee, like I just mentioned, and you know we do a lot of giving back to the community. So I think, in my mind, you know, most people most people would like to give back, and they don't necessarily know how. I think our volunteer committee kind of helps people with the how. You know, we have a lot of different activities and, and games and boat trips and things that we do throughout the year that I think people people enjoy spending time with their peers. Yeah, and those activities are always great, and I think it's probably very smart. That they, you know, if it's the company, you have a lot of different people from different parts of the company. They're coming together to come up with that, uh, you know, your fund committee. It, that usually is a lot more effective than if the boss is the one, you know, kind of just coming up with that stuff. It's that really lends a lot uh, into their input and them being really involved in the process 
whether it's to go do something fun or to go do something that's engaging or uh, collaborative and, and helpful to the community. But it certainly sounds like you guys are doing a lot of, a lot of great things there that are really going to impact your, your overall bottom line and you know, how your company does and, of course, your community as well. I wanted to make sure we asked uh, one of our favorite questions today, and that is, is there a book that you're reading right now that you might share with us? Chris, actually, it's it's kind of funny. I'm reading I'm reading two books right now, and I, I probably read about a book a week. And you know, I've been a, a big reader my entire life, and, and most of what I read is fiction because it's kind of what what I use to you know clear my mind on any given day. But I'm but I'm actually reading a book by a, a local author named Dina Simon, and her book is Make Unstoppable Simple. And you know, it, it just has some it has some neat ideas about creative problem solving. On the flip side, I'm also reading Unbroken, which it's it was a big movie here this past right. year, and it's a it's a neat story. So, so they're not exactly the two type of books as I normally read fiction, but they're both uh, both got got me kind of wrapped up right now. The first one you mentioned sounds like a great book that anyone listening has wants to help with the, the you know that the decision making, creative thinking type uh, movement might want to check out. And certainly, Unbroken has come up on this show uh, more than a few times, and. That and uh, The Boys in the Boat is another great uh, book along that line, kind of around that era, true story, and I'm hoping they make that one into a movie as well. Yeah, great books to check out. So if firms out there would like your help uh, with their sales and finding the right people and getting people to, to more people to show up and, and want uh, what they're selling, what's the best way for them to find out more and reach out and get a hold of you? Well, I'll give you give you our website. I'll give you my email address and my my direct line. My, our website is www.versique.com, and that's V-E-R-S-I-Q-U-E. My email is colendorf at versique.com, and that's C-O-H-L-E-N-D-O-R-F at versique.com. If they want to give me a call, it's 952-476-2251. Well, fantastic. Uh, Chris, really... Uh appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, sorry we had a little bit of that technical uh, issue there, but we certainly would love to have you come back and we can learn more about what you're doing and, and continue the conversation at some point because uh, we really have enjoyed uh, hearing a lot of the great things that your company's doing. Sounds great. I appreciate it. All right. Well, tune in uh, live next week, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. My um, guess next week will be Dominic Jones, VP of HR at uh, Halogen Software, and uh, Brendan Keegan, Managing Partner at Velocity Performance. Until then, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today. You've been listening to Talent Talk Radio Show, brought to you by People G2. 